is sleeping. <laughs> I stay up and dream of you. And I wish on a star that somewhere you are thinking of me too. Uh-huh. Yes, I do. Cause I'm dreaming <laughs> of you tonight. Till tomorrow. Till tomorrow. Till tomorrow. I'll be holding you tight. Ooh. And there's nowhere in the world I'd rather be <laughs> than here in my room dreaming about you and me. Girl, you started that high. You started that high. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, Mario, yeah. I know you know that song. Yes. You know her? You know that girl, Mario? Oh, absolutely. Oh, that's my girl. That's from throw- 90s throwback. Yes. yes <laughs> the legend, yes. the icon. Yes. What's Take up, Superstar Selena. Yes. Because yes. we got some 90s girls. We got. Wait, Mario, how old are you about? Uh, 30- 34. Okay, so you're an 80s girl like us, right? <laughs> yeah, okay, absolutely. yeah. Because we got some 90s born girls who listen to the show, too. So we just let got to let the girls know about Miss Selena from that. That's right. You know, yeah. <laughs> Teach yeah. the children. Teach the children. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was And that was was that from her English album or was that from? Yes, it was. And she had, there is a Spanish yeah. version of that song, too, though. Yeah. There sure is. Yeah. 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 But that, yeah, that was like that when I was like a little boy, like not, like nine, ten. That was like one of my favorite songs at that mm. time. Yeah, definitely. I just remember that song was at the end of the Selena movie played by um, Puerto Rican actress um, Jennifer Lopez. Um, That's right. And I just yes. oh, got so emotional at the oh. end. I didn't know what happened. Cause I was like, oh no, not her friend. It's not her oh, friend. No. <laughs> did you not? Did you for real not know I the story did what happened? I did oh my it. God. I literally came home. My parents came home. I was crying. I was like, did y'all know Selena died? <laughs> And you know that's that's still J Lo's best role to this day. I I think it's her, it's one of her early roles. It's still the one she's acted in. I will say I love a little yeah. a bit of her romantic comedies. Made in Manhattan kind of is a flex, but yeah, in terms of okay. acting, probably she yeah yeah. That's Mario, what do you say? What do you say is oh, her best role? Hands down, act? yeah, Selena stole by hands down her best role for sure. You know, I, I agree with you, Miss Malachi. That I think the romantic comedies are kind of a staple for her, but doesn't stand out more than Selena. Yeah. <laughs> Well, on that note, girls, welcome back to Two Safe Queens, one of the few places in the past where you can hear a conversation about positive dick and, ne- you know, always remembered, never forgotten, Miss Selena. <laughs> yes. Um, Amen. <laughs> Amen. I'm your hostess, Malachi, um, and I'm joined, as always, by Miss Devereaux. Hey, uh, sis. What's we, going on? Oh, girl, we got a special episode this week. We got a guest on. You want to do the intro? You want to tell the girls who we have? Yes, girl. I'm so happy. Like, I'm so excited because we have a girl, another activist girl on our show. Mm-hmm. And we had a really good a- episode with an activist girl last fall with Jason Rosenberg. So I feel like, you know, today we have queer Latin activists in Stockton, California's own Mario Enriquez. Hey, Welcome y'all. to the show, Mario. How are you doing, sis? Good. How are y'all doing? Glad to be here. Yeah, I'm glad to have you. We're glad to have you, girl. Um, and so actually you were introduced to us by Miss Lawyer Fish, Chicago's own lawyer Keisha. <laughs> Chicago's own. And you and Lawyer Fish actually now Lawyer Fish and I went to high school together. So she's originally from Detroit, oh, FYI. Small world. Yeah. Nice. Oh no, I'm sorry. We didn't go to high school together. We've been friends since high school. We've known each other since high school. So we're like we've known each other since we were like fifteen and sixteen Aww. years old, respectively. Aww, yeah. I love it. But but um <laughs> but we went to different high schools, but we became fast friends. And you and Lawyer Fish actually did a fellowship program together last fall 
were you got to go to Berlin and Brussels. How was that? And how was meeting our good sis lawyer Keisha? How was yeah. she, girl? Oh, it was amazing. Now, is by far my my soul sister, my long lost sister. Uh, she's amazing. We clicked off the bat, and we were just fortunate to the fact that a group, an organization in Europe, wants to invest in Black and Brown people to learn about transatlantic relations. And mm-hmm. you know, I think it was just destiny for her, myself, and eight others to come together from all over the country here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. and go out and, like you said, go out to explore just all the issues happening in the world, especially in Brussels with the UN relations and in Berlin as well. In the European Union tea in Brussels too, right? Didn't you all yeah. do some EU, some European Union tea? Cute. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all day sessions with them as well. Oh, wow. Yeah, Malachi, you had a question? Oh, yes, I did. Oh, sorry, I just I lost it, girl. I lost it. Um, So um, I want to know, because I actually had gone to um Berlin um, and you know, it was around Easter weekend, so there's some wild things happening. It was a while ago, though. It was a while ago, though. It was a while ago. She saved and sanctified now, so she don't know about that. Hoe. <laughs> yeah, um, yes. but I was just wondering if you got into any of the, um, kind of gay underground scene, um, or did you have that kind of like messy? We've heard different stories of Berlin, you know, some leather, some chains, some people, um, wearing masks. So I was just wondering if you saw any of the underground scene in Berlin on that trip. Yeah, no, um, actually I did. It was it was something that I, I wasn't expecting. Not that I was looking, but, you know, things happen. And, you know, <laughs> I just, sure, yeah. you I just know, fell I'm, into that room. Yeah, you know, I'm a lady clutching my pearls down the street in Berlin. I'm like, oh, my God, what's this door? Oh, my God, who's throwing me in there? What's all this going on? But, um, no, it was it was great. It was just, again, right, a, a chance to explore and to learn just different parts of the world. So I mm. figured, you know what, I'm there for 10 days. So I'm just going to take advantage and just learn right and even though it was during covid you know the scene was just yeah it was underground and leather and you know everyone has a a different take right different Mm. like and dislike and you know i think you're just in a space with with in a queer space to just see what you know just kind of being free and open and just being yourself so it was fun would you Ms. go Malachi, back? Miss Malachi knows about being free and open in Berlin, don't you, girl? Oh. I, I mean, actually, I was I was even on Truvada girl back then, so I actually was like a little bit. I was like dipping my t- dip a toe, like did it a little bit of a toe, <laughs> but not fully, you know, foot in the water. Uh, but uh, I want to go back. Would you go back, Mario? Oh, absolutely! In a yeah. heartbeat. Like yeah. someone told me to go tomorrow, I would fly tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, Miss Mario. So, from Instagram, we know that you're a big pop culture girl. We see the stories, <laughs> and oh, <yeah. laughs> on Instagram, yeah. And so, I'm going to give you a pop culture multiple choice test. Oh. You have to only choose yeah. one answer, no wavering. Give me a one or two word answer. Are you ready? Ready. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Brittany or Christina. Brittany. Clueless or Mean Girls? Wait, what, what was it? Clueless or Mean Girls? Clueless. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. good, good answer, good answer. Mm-hmm. Okay, Latinx, Latino, or Hispanic? Mm-hmm. Latino. And I'll, okay. and I'll share why later. I'll share why later. Okay. okay, perfect, perfect. Yeah, that's what I, that's the answer I'm getting for um, from a lot of Latin girls, actually, is Latino. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think Latinx... It's kind of falling out of favor a little bit. Okay. Mariah or Whitney? Whitney. Mm. Okay. Butch Queens or Trade? Trade. Tra- oh, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Came out real yes. Fast. yes. 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 Okay. Ooh. Beyonce or Rihanna? Rihanna. Okay. Okay. Good choice. That's I just seen an album. I just seen an too. album. I just seen an yes. album. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Well, your gay cousins, that podcast, or Two Save Queens? 
Two states queens, okay. obviously. <laughs> Yay. Okay, girl. Okay. Demi Lovato or Selena Gomez? Demi Lovato. Okay, cute. Okay. Cut or uncut? Uncut. What are you- okay. Yes. Okay. A girl after Miss Malachi's right now. Okay. Friends or living single? Living single. Yes. Oh. Good answer. Good answer. Lady Gaga or Madonna? Lady Gaga. Okay, yeah, me oh, too. Ready me for too. these. Yeah. Pose or drag race? Mm. Drag race. Mm. Okay, okay. Not Angelina bad. Angelina or Jennifer Aniston? Come on, Jennifer Angelina Jolie. Yeah, Angelina Jolie. Yeah, Angelina Jolie or Jennifer Aniston? You said Jennifer Aniston? Yeah. Mario, okay, okay, got it. Okay, you're a wholesome girl, I see. <laughs> okay, J-Lo or Shakira? J-Lo. Okay, J-Lo or Selma Hayek? Selma Hayek. Yeah, okay, good answer. Okay, perfect. Mm. Okay, and then, okay, so like me, you know, you've met Miss President Barack Obama. You've met her, you've, sh- you've shaken hands with her a couple times, right? A couple times, yeah. Okay, a couple times, okay. So, Barack Obama, does he give six or seven inch dick energy, eight or eight or nine inch dick energy, or ten inch dick energy? So, six or seven, eight or nine or 10. I love you said six or seven, eight. Or, okay, go ahead. Yeah. I, you know what? I would go for 10 just because he had maximum confidence and he owned it. So. Oh, 10. okay. Okay. No. Okay. Okay. Ooh, I, I say, I say eight or nine because I think 10 inches quiet. I think 10 inch dick energy is real quiet. Ooh. And Ooh. she's not a quiet girl. She's like a confident girl, but I think she's eight or nine. I think she's like okay. eight and a half. Okay. I think That's she's fair. eight and a half. Okay. Okay. So now we got that out the way. So. <laughs> Let's talk about some more serious issues. Okay. You, you've, you've been a DC policy girl, right? You, you were living in DC. Like, I'm a former DC girl too. Okay. Oh, nice. So, formally, you're formerly with the LGBT Victory Institute, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so just tell us what you think we can do about all the don't say gay bills that have been passed in states like Florida or the anti-trans youth law that passed in Texas. What do you, what do you think we can do about that as Americans? Yeah, no, absolutely. No, thank you again for that question. You know, just seeing it left and right, um, starting in Florida, but seeing it in state houses across the country, it's been happening, right? Um, anti-trans legislation, anti-LGBTQ mm-hmm. legislation has been happening for years. And, um, but even now it's leading up to this in Florida. Um, and I, you know, when I was at Victory in DC and even now in my work here in Stockton, you know, we always say the work really starts locally, right? We can look at local uh, we can look at national news we can look at cnn msnbc all day long but right. at the end of the day if you're not getting out and out of your out of your home and into the community change isn't going to happen right we can turn it off but unless we actively go to our city councils we go to our state houses and that's really where it does happen you know we think about ballot races we think about from the top down to the bottom and everything matters um, when it comes down to the ballot. So, you know, having people actually go to state houses and protest and write to your representatives, not just your members of Congress, but honestly, the state legislators is this is where this is coming from. It's in the state houses. Mm. And Miss Disney, Miss Disney says she's going to fight, fight the law in court. Right. So now, she's going to have fun. Okay. Yeah. Now Me she, too. you know, she was a little yeah. tenuous. The girls got her when, together. They said, yeah, no, ma'am. But Miss Disney, Miss Disney says she's going to take Florida to court. So, what do you think about just like using the court process to try to invalidate some of these discriminatory laws, too? Yeah, no, absolutely, and that's another way too, right? In terms of policy, policy is written by legal statutes, right? That's how policy is created. So, if you can change those legal statutes, you change the policy. So, that's definitely you know the the kind of more permanent way of changing laws, right? Mm-hmm. People can go to state houses, you protest, you make your voices heard. 
But when you actually change statutes, that's when things really change. But it, it involves everybody, right? People on the ground, people in power in elected office, and also those when you take it to court as well. Now, obviously talking about, you you say a lot about, um, you know, needing to really put yourself out there and for people to do that. And that it feels like this is one of those issues that's very intersectional. It crosses a lot of different intersections that we sit at. Um, what do you think about like the fact that a lot of these bills are coming from predominantly like states that have large um, Latin and black populations like Florida and Texas? Like what is the gap or what's missing or what's the disconnection? Um, what do you think is going on there? Yeah, no, um, you know, I think the one of the big, the most frustrating, challenging things about our community is just really activating our community, right? Yes, we're there in large numbers. Yeah, many of us are politically engaged and we're educated and we know the issues that are happening. But at the same time, people who have a majority, let's say majority conservative states that have abilities to redistrict, to be able to kind of get what they want to do, that does ultimately impact the decisions that they're making because they, they can say, hey, you know what? We're a majority in terms of our party, in terms of our state houses. Let's yeah. pass these laws and let's take advantage of it. And what's sad is that other states are seeing like Florida, for example, saying, wow, now they're a model of model legislation yeah. that we can now replicate in our state and we know we can get away with it. Right. And that's the scary right. part. So, yeah, like you said, we can have a high number of black and brown folks in Texas, for example, or, you know, El Paso, San Antonio, Austin, but unless you're going out to really vote and change who's represented in your area, things are just going to be passing that are anti-LGBTQ. And, you know, it's kind of crazy with Florida because, you know, Florida is the site of the Pulse nightclub massacre that happened just six years ago. And it's like, there's this anti-gay, you know, anti-Latin and anti-black tragedy that happened they're in Orlando six years ago, and yet Florida is passing this anti-gay legislation mm-hmm. as if it just as if that tragedy just never happened, and as if it's not rooted in you know policy and beliefs and ideas like mm-hmm. what they just passed in Florida, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and you know, and it's 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 also frustrating to see, and also really enlightening at the same time that you know we only have. 30, 35 out LGBTQ electeds in Florida, and two of them are in the state house, two that I know of, Michelle, Representative Michelle Rayner and Representative Carlos Guillermo Smith. And to see them cry and be angered and just so much frustration when they're on the House floor fighting for this, this mm-hmm. issue and for them to lose, they, you know, it's heartbreaking because you know that they're fighting not just for the LGBTQ people in Florida, but for the entire country. The world is watching. Right. So props to them for all that they do, um, those two especially, because they are fighting long and hard. And I can only imagine what it's like for them even now as we're continuing to fight this issue in the state level. Mm. And I think what's interesting is, you know, talking to you and I think um, even just from, you know, hearing about you, I think it's clear that you know, you want us to be engaged and are someone, you know, there's there's different um, modes that people have gone in, you know, post-Trump and where they, some mm-hmm. people have disengaged from politics and even st- even from local and state level. But you seem very much to be wanting to be engaged. So thinking about, you know, um, just even from, you know, we be, we be spying on you a little bit, knowing that, you know, um, our, you know, my daddy uh, from Pennsylvania, Brian Sims, oh, uh, wow. <laughs> from my home state. Like, do you have any interest in, like, running for office or being, you know, more engaged in that way um, beyond just the activism and, you know, local work? Yeah, you know, absolutely. You know, the way I, I've always seen it in my last 12, 10, 12 years since graduating from college, I always see if it's a calling, if it's something that the community um, 
calls upon me to do, I am ready to to do that and serve my community. I've mm. never been one, you know, I, I've never been one with a big head. I've always just been like, you know what, I'm here to do work, give mm. back in whatever form that is, whether that's activism, whether that's here in my professional life, my social life. Um, but, you know, I, I have seen that opportunity, but I, again, it all depends, right? I'm not yeah. just going to wake up one day and say, I'm going to run for president or I'm going to run for Congress, mm-hmm. right? It's really about where do I, with my skill set, fit in a certain role, whether that be city council, whether that be mayor, whether that be your local county commission, right? It all really depends at the timing, what the need is, and where my skills really fit into that. But always open to the to the possibility of, of serving my community in that mm. way. I think that's a good mentality that I wish more um, public officials had, like almost a humbling aspect of like, I'm here to be a servant and to serve in whatever capacity is helpful. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, I, again, you know, I, I love and respect Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Mm-hmm. And what, one of the things that she really did so well is that she activated so many young people to run for elected office. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, though, right, when I was at Victory and, you know, we or- organized trainings, people, LGBTQ folks to run for office. After that first year she got elected, there was so many participants that would actively say, I'm running for Congress and they've had no political experience before. And a lot of them would always reference AOC. Ooh. I can see it both ways, right? Yeah. That's amazing. I'm inspired. You know, you're activated to run for office and serve your community. You're out. That's amazing. At the same time though, are you doing it just because someone did it in New York? And now you're like, I mm. want to be like AOC because I want to be famous or I want to be X, Y, Z, or are you really doing it because you care? Um, saying, you know, I've had work. folks, Exactly. And I've heard people say, oh, well, I'm going to be the first. And I'm like, well, it, it's not about being the first or this or that. It's about do you have the skill set to serve your community? Like, I don't care if you're the first, but if you don't have the skills to really serve my community and reflect my community, then I'm not going to vote for you. And you and you the LGBT Victory Fund is that you all try to get people who are LGBTQ to run for office. Right. Is that part of what the fund does? So, uh, so there's two uh, parts of victory. So the, uh, there's the LGBTQ victory fund, which is the political action committee, which does mm-hmm. the endorsements and fundraises for current electeds and those that are endorsed candidates. And then there's the victory Institute, which is the nonprofit. So they do mm-hmm. all the trainings and, you know, fellowships and internship programs, but that's where I was at. So as a nonprofit with the Institute, we did three to four trainings a year. We trained about, 40 to 50 per training. And these were all folks from all over the country that were LGBTQ. So, you know, we've had people say I'm running for my local water district to I'm running for Congress and all Mm. in between. And so, so your, your background, so you've lived in LA for grad school, DC for your policy work, and now you're back in your hometown working in higher education at your alma mater, I believe in Stockton. California, Correct. which is, uh, what is it like to be back living kind of where you grew up? What is that like to be back in your hometown? Yeah, no, it's a great question. It's it's something that I'm still adjusting and transitioning. I, I've been in back home in Stockton for about two months now. Okay. And it, it's, it's, it's challenging in the sense that I love this community. You know, the interesting thing about the Central Valley of California is that so many people don't know about it. They think of San Francisco and Los Angeles when they think of California. And but I had to look Central- her, I had to look up, I have heard of Miss Stockton, but I didn't know exactly where she was. I see she's yeah. equidistant to kind of the Bay Area and Sacramento. Yeah, we're right? like about, yeah, yeah, we're like kind of in between both. And what's okay. you know, and what's interesting is that we are basically the breadbasket of America. You know, we feed two thirds of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it, it may have changed slightly in terms of data, but you know, we're a huge farming community as 
low as Bakersfield all the way to Sacramento and Reading. Mm -hmm. So it's a huge part of the country that feeds America. And, you know, for me, I grew up between the five and the 99 freeway. So there's three towns between two freeways that I really grew up in, Stockton, Lathrop, and Manteca. And I've had connections in all these different experiences, right? Knowing being young, brown, and my family wasn't making a lot of money. We had to move out of the Bay Area. I was born in San Jose. We couldn't afford it. So we ended up in the Valley in a small farming community called Lathrop. And then from there, right, getting activated to get involved. My mom, one day, I think I was 12 years old and she saw that I wasn't doing much. So she gave me a newspaper saying, hey, they're looking for the local Lathrop Youth Advisory Commission. So I joined the city commission. I became president at 13. And since then, I've just been, you know, really involved in getting just giving back to my community. And, you know, I did that in high school in a small town called Manteca next door. And then eventually college was at University of the Pacific in Stockton. And even though I wasn't raised in Stockton, I feel like Stockton was born in me. I was activated by the community, the people, seeing different struggles that different communities like us were going through, but also seeing the great genuine similarities that we all have, right? Mm -hmm. Love, community, giving back, family values. And Mm -hmm. I just wanted to continue that work. So it's been a challenge coming back because I know it's not as progressive as places like San Francisco or Los Angeles or DC, but knowing that to have people experience the world and come back and bring that perspective, I I want to believe that I could be one of many that could hopefully help change and kind of change the, the, the ways of thinking. It's, you know, not as conservative um, moving forward. Mm. Now, where, where's Miss Kevin McCarthy from the head of the, you know, the Republican Party in the, in the House? Where's that girl yeah. from? So she's down and also in the Central Valley, but the southern part. So Bakersfield, area so it's maybe a little bit north of los angeles Mm -hmm. but it's like the bottom of the central valley how far is that away from where from stockton how far oh um on the freeway it's maybe about five five hours five six hours miss california she's a big state oh yeah 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 yeah, she's yeah she's she's big she's big what about how and how far away are you from sacramento again we're about 45 minutes south of sacramento okay Okay, prayers up for the victims there of the recent mass shooting right in the like the heart of Sacramento yeah. too oh, wow. oh, over yeah. the weekend. Yeah. But so Miss yeah, Mario, yeah. so you know, I wear many hats um in my personal life and one of the things that I do is, you know, I've helped kids get into their dream colleges and I was actually speaking at this school in southwest Detroit, which is a majority Latin area here in Detroit and I met this 11th grade student who's ranked first in his class and then another young man um, ranked fourth in his class. And, wow. you know, they both, both are undocumented from Central America. Um, mm-hmm. they've become like my new adopted students. And one thing uh-huh. that we're contending with is that there's no federal financial aid for undocumented or even DACA registered students. So what is being done at the advocacy level to change that? Cause I know you're working in higher ed now. Like, do you, mm-hmm. you know, what are we doing to like change that policy? It's ridiculous. Yeah. No, Ms. Deborah, that's a, Another fantastic question. That's something that, you know, even from at a young age, I've been asking myself that question. I've been trying to work with other groups, even when I was at this Latino civil rights group called Unidos US, formerly National Council of La Raza. That was a huge part that we were trying to push the DREAM Act, um, specifically to help young undocumented people to gain the US citizenship. And, And even now with higher education, navigating that has been challenging and frustrating that it's still happening, right? To this day, the fact that someone like you said, right, someone that could be valedictorian, top of their class, 
smart, have have basically been born here, raised here their whole lives, and then they can't get financially like the rest of us because of a, just a certain documentation status that you have. From what I've seen, you know, I've again going back to the states. Federally, it's been so frustrating and challenging. And even now with post-Trump, seeing how divided Congress is, mm. to not see that federally, but at the same time, really relying on people to go and get state laws passed. So California, for example, right? I know they've been trying to really focus in on the California Dream Act, get more funding. I've seen a lot of private public partnerships happening where they would even say, you know what? Congress is taking forever. We're going to design our own ways to fund scholarships specifically for undocumented people. It's not a permanent solution, but it's something that at least now can help support. But we need to get more buy-in from these public-private partnerships. We need to get state houses to pass statewide legislation to say, you know, if you have if your state has a certain Cal grant or state grant that that gives for students to go to university include undocumented students as well right. that's one path definitely because again right if they can say i you know i want to be i'm a resident of the state i want to go to my local state college i want to apply for state financial aid this is an avenue for me so that's a great way at least in the meantime until congress gets their act together on passing comprehensive uh, immigration reform that includes higher education funding and you know the the one who was number four in his class he didn't you know i was talking to him he wasn't even planning to go to college because of this he was saying you know i want to be an electrician which is a great career but it's like you know young men like you have all a's in all your classes like you can become not just an electrician you can also become an electrical engineer right like but Mm -hmm. what i did do is i kind of looked up a list of like there's a lot of private colleges that will fully fund undocumented students like Mm -hmm. but a lot of them are more like harvard stanford penn williams college like a lot of them are a lot of prestige colleges I've noticed like um in another like roadblocks that we ran into is because of this like federal court ruling that's out of Texas there's no new registration for DACA which I didn't realize because I'd actually arranged for my ex-boyfriend who's an immigration lawyer uh to work with these two kids to mm-hmm. register them for DACA because they weren't registered and then, of course, I had to agree to go to dinner with him, right? <laughs> to get him to do that work. I, what, I wasn't what, throwing what you dinner. I wasn't throwing up. I wasn't. I wasn't throwing no pussy at my ex. But I was like, okay, I'll go to dinner with you. Can you do this work for these two kids on my, you know, behalf? But you know, we found out that there's no way to register DACA as a new applicant wow. until Congress basically takes up formalizing DACA into actual legislative policy. So it's like you know, a mess. Like, I, did you know that, that they, you can't register for DACA as a new applicant now? Only as a reapplicant. I didn't. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't know that they stopped the, the reapplication process. You can, re, you can, so you can be a reapplicant if you've already had DACA status, but if you're like, if you've never registered prior, you can't register oh, for new, new applicants. Got it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's so crazy. Like, you know, because of this one federal judge in Texas, this super conservative federal judge, basically it has to be taken up by Congress finally to be mm. formalized into legislative policy. So, mm. yeah. And, and, you know, and I think that's one thing that I would love to, you know, if that is happening and, you know, it is happening, right? To really be able to say, can we get this back on the floor and can we get this voted to, you know, reinstate DACA? And, you know, DACA has been here for a couple of years now, right? So we have the data to show that it's been benefiting not just the individuals, but benefiting the economy, benefiting the country, the people that they work for, right? The companies that they've been employed by. So we have data to back it up. So, you know, it's always interesting when you see a, a conservative judge like that just pull that out of nowhere when 
there's accurate data that is showing the positive to DACA for these students. But those type of girls don't really care about the data, right? They're just doing it because yeah. they're like, close the borders. It's all about my feeling that I'm losing my America, that my yep. white forefathers built. Um, but obviously, I, you know, I'm, um, I feel like we're in a time where, you know, there is a lot of, you know, 2024, we're going we to see how it goes. Miss DJ Teen's still not in jail yet. Like, so I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it'd be good to like, you know, where, what is inspiring you or like to kind of, you know, move in a bit on like a higher note or more hopeful note like what um kind of gives you hope for whether it's lgbtq progress um latin latin progress intersexual progress just any type of progress or what is kind of you know giving you hope to continue doing this work or what are you looking forward to yeah no absolutely for me it's honestly seeing young people engage Mm. um politically socially just engage in general i've seen young young people young people of color young queer folk all in between and just to see them how knowledgeable they are how focused they are on the issues is inspiring for me mm-hmm. I, I i've always loved working with students working with young people and to see even with all this going on in the country and the world and to still see them just supercharged and as motivated as ever mm-hmm. has personally for me been my motivator to say this is what we're fighting for whether it's politics climate change, immigration, education, fair rights in terms of our elections, seeing young people involved is really, for me, the inspiring thing that says, you know what, 2022, we're going to be all right. 2024, we're going to be all right. As long as we just stay involved and connected with each other. I think that's, they're really leading the charge. I love that. Um, and we can't, you know, end without a little bit of mess. So, you know, we did at the top, you know, ask you like Latinx, Latino, you know, Hispanic. It. So, you know, you feel free to unpack that now about, you know, why you're drawn to that term over others. Yeah, you know, for me, you know, my, my whole life, I've always used the term Latino. Mm-hmm. And not to say that, like, I was just blind and it, it never, I was never, I never educated myself on what that meant. I did, right? I did unpack the word Latino, right? And then at one point, I got to the term Hispanic and I was like, yeah, it's, there's a whole political mm-hmm. thing with that. And, you know, Chicano is very specific mm-hmm. as well. For me, Latino has always been just a general umbrella term for the entire Latin Latino community, um, Latina community as well. Right. It's always been just a general term for me that I've said, you know what, I feel like it includes all of us mm-hmm. for then when Latinx came, came about, you know, at first I was like, yeah, I get it. You know, you want to be inclusive because of gender. But then also we think of language. There's no translation right. in Spanish yes. to say Latinx, right? It's like Which I know some of the Latina. girls try to do the Latine and then someone's like, mm, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And I've seen that come up after Latinx where they say Latine is like kind of a, more of a newer term that yeah. folks are starting to use. But at the same time, for me, it's I, I always want to educate. I, I always want to let people know to say, you know what? I come from a good place. When I say Latino, I don't say it to exclude a certain community, a certain person out of the word Latino. Um, I always want to say that I come from a good place. I don't mean, mean it with ill intent mm-hmm. because also just nationally, right? The Pew, the Pew Research Center actually laid out a good report to say that not many people actually use the word Latinx. Right, right. Small percentage of people that actually use it. So it's like, why force something if no one's really using it. If it's not catching so, on, we, yeah, we done, we done. We said, oh, the girls don't want us. We good, girl. Exactly. We go exactly. back to so, it. We're not calling so you that way, like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're not, yeah, you're not, like, you're not starting something new, right? It's just like, 
using it for me, that's why I'm like, for me using Latino, I always want to kind of give that side note mm -hmm. to say, this is for everybody. This is how I see our community. I'm not excluding anybody. Happy to have conversations with one-on-one. -on -one. Mm -hmm. But if you know me and you know my character, you know that I'm not here to go out after someone and exclude anybody. Yeah. Well, I know I've just like loved getting to know you better and I uh, love this conversation. Uh, but where can the girls like, you know, find you on social media, or, you know, continue to like follow your work and maybe follow some other things? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah, you know, on, I'm, I'm very active on Instagram. You can follow me. I'm pretty open with, you know, me and who I am and what I'm about. Uh, at, in, at Mario Enriquez is my Instagram handle. Um, and that's pretty much my most active site. I love to just post anything happening with politics, day to day, being messy, and just posting memes <laughs> yeah. about love, sex, dick, some thirst traps. We see those thirst traps. Thirst traps. <laughs> that too, right? We see but that just, sexy new haircut. I yeah, love the short this haircut. Is cute. I love the short haircut. It's giving full sexy, <laughs> full sexy butch queen, full <laughs> sexy butch I queen. It. Yes, I love it. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> well, Deborah, did you have anything else, girl? Can we wrap her up? I think. I mean, that's all for me. I was, you know, we learned a lot today. I think. I Mario, was there anything else you want to share before we wrap it up? Uh, no, I think I think that was pretty much it. I am just so happy to be here with the both of you and for anyone listening. I think this is just such an amazing conversation. It's timely. These are, I'm sure, conversations that many of us out in the mm. country are having. And just to stay engaged. I know your audience is engaged and, you know, anything that we can do to be a support. I want to offer myself a support. Anything I can do, please reach out. And just thank you both for this conversation. Aww, thank you. Look at us black, us black and Latin queens, oh, like intersections. Yeah, working she together. Here she go. Look Here at she us. Go. Yeah, that's so good. <laughs> You're such a mess. Girl, yeah, like it's the first time we're intersectional. Intersectional. Anyway. No, I'm just saying, we're about that life, though, for real. Because some girls talk about it. We, we're we being yeah, about, we it. We're be about it. Yeah, we be about it. We're about that life. That's we're that, we're those girls, yeah. <laughs> well, girls, that's our show. Follow us, as always, at Two Save Queens for our thirst chats. But make sure to follow Mario for some of his. I'm sure we might feature a little bit on our account. Um, we hope y'all stay safe, healthy, and saved out there. I just saw a little bulletin that maybe the next wave is coming, so I'm about to start ducking and weaving, girls. Uh, <laughs> Deborah, you got a final word for the children this week? Girl, I'm thinking of my final word is I'm thinking about that fourth shot, girl. I'm oh, no! I'm thinking about her before we, you know, head on before our big trip this, this later this oh, spring. I'm thinking girl. about a fourth one, girl. I don't this know. Please. Still deciding, still deciding, yeah, but girls, right. stay safe. Stay saved yeah. and stay cute. Keep it cute, y'all. Bye, right. girls. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Wait, wait, wait. We're not about to leave yet, girls. I almost forgot that it's that time of the season. It's that time of the year. Next week, we're doing our Q&A show. So, please, please send us your questions, concerns, thoughts, and prayers. Um, you can send it to savequeens at gmail.com. Or, you know, you could just slide up in our inbox, you know, over at the Instagram, the IG, even on, even on um, the Twitter sphere. But, um, yeah, please um, send us things so we could talk about. Uh, I already got one question for Deborah that I'm sure some other girls have as well from um, last week's show. <laughs> okay, okay, enough of that. Bye.